This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. Episode number 172. You know what happens when you create regularly or even not regularly, but you're just committed to do it anyways? You look up and you have 172 episodes and actually I think we have 10 unnumbered episodes, 182 episodes of the Better Life, Better Work show. And today, um, this little episode is about what gives me hope when the world is shit. And it doesn't come from a place of airy-fairy. It comes from a place of sitting with despair. And yesterday was a day where physically and emotionally and in the world, I felt despair. And today I feel totally different because I remember a few things. And so, uh, there's a lot of things going on. My clients and my people know that I care about, quote, politics. I think politics is life. It's one that, you know, I'm a life coach. And so, life is the things that we encounter. We've had another mass shooting, racially motivated. Um, there's all kinds of political and uh, capitalistic bullshit going on in the world and COVID and Omicron is doing its thing in various places. And there's a lot to be heavy about. <clears throat> and sometimes I wonder what can I actually really do? I don't want to stick my head in the sand, but am I really just yelling and screaming into the bliss and is the bliss, the abyss. And is that really helpful? And last week, I shared with my clients that I finally realized what, what is one way, my, not, not what is one way, what is my way of making a difference in the life in the world that I don't necessarily feel obligated to, but something inside me desires to. And of course, because I desire to, when things go apeshit, my little parts are like, there's nothing we can do. We should just give up. And then the next part is, well, that's what they want you to do. They want you to give up and just not pay attention. And so here I am willing to be engaged in both the, um, there's my loud talker husband. I'm, I want, I want to be somebody who swings wide. I want to be somebody, a woman of range. And I want to be somebody who's engaged in both the despair and the hope of this glorious life that we live. And so what gives me hope? What actually makes me feel like it makes a difference? And honestly, it's the conversations I have with my clients. I realize, <laughs> I realize that I have a lot of words and a lot of thoughts, and I like to share them with you here unabashed and unfiltered on this podcast and live stream. And I'm in the middle of, I'm not in the middle, I'm towards the end of writing my first book, and um, I've been writing every, almost every single day, if not every single day. 
And I just have this brain and spirit full of all these thoughts and ideas that maybe I should be calling myself a philosopher, or maybe I'm just a cow chewing her cud of ideas. And when I both pull out and get really broad, I remember and see that there is also good, there is really hard, and there is good. Recently, I've shared with my clients, there is an experiment that you can watch on YouTube called the Still Face Experiment. And it is the experiment of, um, it's a child development experiment. I was introduced to it by Gabor Mate in my uh, Compassionate Inquiry training. I'm being trained in that right now, along with IFS still. And he talks about the distinction not the distinction. He talks about the, the natural competition of being ourselves and of, of having attachment and connection. And so even as little babies, like our, our fundamental needs are to be cared for and then also to be ourselves. And usually what happens growing up is that we choose the need of connection over an attachment over being our authentic self. So we will bend and move our authentic self in order to maintain connection. And there's this experiment called the still hand experiment. You can Google it. Now, please like trigger warning. I don't know. It really touches some people in a lot of, it touches everybody I know that sees it in a different way. And it's, there's a, there's a mom and she's talking with her little baby girl who's probably nine months old, like, Goo goo gaga pointing, and she's fully physically, emotionally, spiritually present with this little one. They're engaged, not just physically present, but she is all engaged. They are connected. And part of the experiment is for the mom to still physically be there, but she turns her head to the side. And when she comes back, she's been instructed in the experiment to be physically present, but disconnected emotionally. And so she has what's what they call still face. And you see this baby who does not have language yet. You see this baby first in a really joyful way, try to re-engage the connection. And when the joyful ways don't work, you see the baby start to contort both emotionally and physically. You see her literally confused at why the connection was withdrawn. It's very difficult to watch. It's difficult um, to watch for the baby. It's difficult to watch for the mother. It's difficult to like realize how we've disconnected from those we've loved. And it just happens. There is no fault. One of the things I share with my cute mother, my mother is like, I'm so sorry for all the trauma that you went through. And I'm like, mom, I don't find fault. I just find reason. And when I have reason, I understand. And so I, so I see this baby squirming for connection. And when I first saw it, I saw myself. I saw the way I, just like the baby, all the ways I squirmed to maintain connection. From a biological place, it was so powerful. And now I can't help but see the entire world and everything difficult and hard and horrible going on from this yearning, this craving of connection, of love, of presence. And 
I see every pain in the world and I see my own pains and I see the shitty things people say and do from the viewpoint of the still face experiment. That we're all just people contorting for love and connection. And so what actually gives me hope? And, I, and yesterday I let myself feel the despair. I led myself through the despair. Um, I, I just, I had a bad day. No, I didn't even have a bad day. I was tired. I was emotional. I was in physical pain. Um, I took some time off. I was really sad. Like everything I saw on all kinds of media made me sad. And I just held it. Instead of trying to contort to get over it, I just held it within myself. Now, here's another thing I'm going to say. It's kind of controversial. I grew up Christian and I was told like, and I get like in 12 step programs, they say we, you know, we have to surrender and we are powerless. And you're right. There's a lot of things we're powerless about. And yes, there's a lot of things we kind of need to surrender to spirit or the universe. And there is so much more. In me, I have so much more power and autonomy and ability through self-connection. I'm not a nine-month-old baby anymore. I'm a 50-year-old woman. And when I can really give myself presence and connection, hope comes back. It doesn't, it doesn't bypass all the horrible things, but it gives me hope. And so some people are called to yell on Twitter and some people are called to run for office and some people are, are, I mean, there's a million different roles that we can have in, in advocating for the change we want to see in the world. And there's a million different ways we can just put our head in the sand and not advocate for change. Everybody has the right to do what they want to do. And I want better for humanity. I want compassion and care and consideration and, and I want that in my own life. And I realize that actually what the one thing that I do that makes a difference is when I self connect and help my clients do the same. When I help myself and my clients unhook from all the invisible systems to really be present and connect within and then take one tiny move in that direction. That gives me hope. And so this morning, as I woke up early and I did my thing and I came and I started writing in my book, writing every single day helps me process the thoughts. I don't have to write well every single day, but writing every single day. And I'm in the middle of writing and all of a sudden, the chapter I'm writing comes alive in my heart. And it's really what my entire book is about. I don't know the title of my book yet. My book is an inspirational memoir, and it's all the stories of the way I unbecame what they said I should become, and I became self-connected and self-centered and self-leader and self-caring and self-compassionate. And it may sound like a lonely journey to you because the invisible systems have taught you not to be self-centered, but I believe that being centered in ourself is the most generous thing we can do for ourselves and for the entire Everything, literally the entire everything everywhere. Because when I am centered in self, then anything and anyone that comes into my orbit is getting the truest version of myself. There is no emotional manipulation. 
And I spent most of my life being a people pleaser and a good girl. And I didn't even know that. I, I didn't understand what that was, but I was so afraid of being disconnected and rejected that I would bend and contort myself. So I was asking people to love the not real version of me. Rejection is a part of like things not working. Rejection is a part of life. But what I can control is not rejecting me. And I'm not talking way up on the surface. So many of the problems we try to solve in the world or we're solving them up on the surface. We're solving the symptoms, but we're not solving or addressing the deep root cause. And when I gave myself permission over 10 years ago to begin to explore my hypothesis of What if being self-centered is the most generous thing I can do for not only my own life, but it's actually considerate of the communities I'm involved in and the world I'm involved in? What if it's the most generous thing I can give to the world around me is to be self-centered? And a couple of years ago, I came upon the modality of internal family systems, which puts more of a framework around that. It says that... I have within me, I tell my clients, not the God outside of you, but the God inside of me. And I'm not talking from an ego place. I'm talking just from from sweet center, from compassion, from care, from connection, courageous, calm, curious, presence, playful. And there are so many ways that I have punished myself. What's your relationship to yourself? There are so many ways we're taught by all the invisible systems. Maybe I'll do another podcast like that just lists the ones I'm aware of. Which ones are you aware of? So many invisible systems that subconsciously and consciously and intentionally try to manipulate us to give up our power. And when I remember who I am, I am powerful not with force but with just innate power to to be presence with all my parts. The parts of me that are in despair, the parts of me that want to fight, the parts of me that want to cut, the parts of me that want to kill, the parts of me that want to please, the all the parts of me. And then I realize there actually is a piece in my heart that I can lead. I don't have to fix any of those things. I don't have to coach any of those things. I don't have to parent any of those things. If I can just give myself presence and connection, All the little parts of me soften and relax. And then the behavior I exhibit in the world, the steps I take out in the world, don't feel so thirsty because they're satiated. And when I think about what would cause a young man besides the propaganda, what, here's the thing, we're blaming the propaganda. And I hate the propaganda. I'm a victim of the propaganda too. But I have, I wake up every single day. I tell my clients, there are certain things. I don't have to unhook myself from coconut pie because I think coconut and food is disgusting. I just don't like the texture of coconut. And so it doesn't even tempt me if it's on the counter. But when I wake up every day and I log in online and many of my community and clients are in the online world, that also comes with seeing the invisible systems of mass marketing, the online coaching world news, blah, 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 blah. And I have to unhook from 
seven-figure coach, scale, raise your prices, all the messages that I'm trained to think that I want so that I buy shit that I don't need. And so instead of just focusing on what I want to expand, I also, what I call cover my ass and I unhook from my what I'm not available for with intention. I lead the parts of me that are thirsty for that more is better, more is better, more is better. And I soothe them and I be present with them. And then they say, okay, Allison, thank you for being with me. Thank you for connecting with me. I don't feel so thirsty anymore. So what gives me hope is this concept of self-connection. Self-leadership. And when I say self, I mean capital S-E-L-F. That whole and wise part of me that is me, that is Allison, that is you. I was raised in a school that taught me to dance and contort who I was to avoid damnation. And damnation is only ever disconnection from the God inside of me. And so what gives me hope today as I wake up and and how I got to hope from despair is I was willing to not shove anything under the rug. And I pulled it out and I chewed on it. And I processed these ideas and I let them come out imperfectly. And I remember that I am able and you are able to give ourselves the connection and love we so desire. And when we do that, the energy shifts. The analogy I used when I was writing this morning was, and and with this concept of being self-centered, is that up until I gave myself permission to be self-centered, then I was like a little moon centering myself around everybody else's, I, I was orbiting around everybody else for their love and connection. And so I was never giving themselves fully me. And when I decided to experiment with being self-centered, then anybody who comes in my orbit gets the best version of me. And not for a sake of performing, but just for the sake of isness and being. They get my complete whole self. Why? Because I've given my complete whole self to me. And yes, people may reject me, but they're going to reject me if I'm contorting myself and they're going to reject me if I'm being myself. So wouldn't I rather be myself, be my authentic self and give myself the connection I love and crave instead of craving connection outside of me and contorting who I be? Hello. And my ear, my earphones are going off. I don't even know where that's going off. Where's that going off? Podcast quit. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> I know I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like a little philosopher sitting on a park bench talking with her friends about these things. 
But I just want you to consider if you were able to hold, what's your relationship with yourself like? And how do you be with yourself? How do you be not just with the good parts, but how do you be with the disappointing and hard parts? And I tell you what, I don't feel so much like stabbing people when I be with the despairing parts of myself. When I leave the despairing parts of myself unattended or smothered down, that's when they want to stab people. That's when they feel violent. And so when I'm connected to myself, I notice the other thing is when I am full of my own sweet leading presence, I'm actually able to give presence to other people that are in my life, to my parents, to my clients, to my husband, to my dogs. When I give myself the gift of self-connection, self-centered, the way I am with those people is different. Hope when the world is shit. I think um, be the change you want to see in the world. And from still face experiment, uh, it's like I have these glasses on now that see everybody is a little baby. Thirsting, craving, suffocating, scrambling, crying, whining, suffering for connection from people who are disconnected. And so, I love you. What if you took time today to just connect with you? It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't even have to be good, but just to be present with yourself and all the parts of you. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to soothe it. Just be in the, like it, when, when somebody passes away and they say like, I don't know what to say. We don't need any words. We just need loving presence. And so give yourself loving presence today, no matter what you're feeling. And let me know how that feels in your body. Take some time to do it. When they talk about meditation, don't meditate to find God. Meditate to find yourself. Meditate to reestablish connection. It won't be pretty. It will be itchy. There will be so many things that will lure you away from connecting with yourself. Many of us are afraid of what we'll find if we connect with ourselves. We will find desire unmet, and that's terrifying. And it's okay. What gives me hope when the world is shit is that I can center and take care of myself. And then I can actually do something that I believe makes a difference because I don't need the result to happen immediately. If I can have this one conversation with you and I can have this one conversation with my clients and they reconnect with who they are and they reconnect with their mind, body, spirit, then the way they behave in the world will be differently. It will be more loving and compassionate. It will be the world that I want to see created. That's all. Thanks for spending time with me. This was episode number 172 of the Better Life, Better Work show. I appreciate your love, your attention in my ears. I'll see you next week. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the Solely Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success 
It's a special community of small business owners just like you. And it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better. 